So this morning I have about three minutes I would like to boss very quickly. Uh, so one of, let me quickly slow down. So I need to slow down because I'm looking at time and I really want to bless you guys this morning. Right, so uh, the first one is, um, can you receive an evil spirit when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit? So people have this notion, some people have this notion that, you know, when you receive baptism in the Holy Spirit, you may receive an evil spirit because the language you speak is not something you're very familiar with. So how are you not sure you are speaking the tongues of devils? That's not true. So I think, let me quickly bust that so that uh, we can just carry on um, and try to manage our time this morning. So let's turn our Bibles to the book of um, Luke 11, Luke chapter 11, 11 to 13. Luke 11, 11 to 13. So I'm going to be reading from the NIV UK. Now he says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Everybody know what a scorpion is, right? You know, that kind of big insect that has um, a tail behind it and poisonous. Verse 13. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, Scorpion in verse 12 is a, is a, I'm looking for a word to describe it. It's kind of like a type of a, of a demon. So when the Bible says uh, we trample upon serpent as scorpion and overcome all the power of enemy, scorpion, serpents, in that context, they are symbols. They are, uh, they are symbols of demons, evil spirit. So the Bible is saying to you, he is saying to us here that if you as a, as a father, as a parent, as a mother, whose head is correct, and this, I know I'm using my own kind of Nigerian English to get, you know, uh, if your head is correct as a parent and you will not give an evil, you not give a poison or a snake to a child, so how do you expect God, your heavenly father, to give you an evil spirit when you are asked for the gift of the Holy Spirit? It makes no sense. Now, there are a lot of sentimental, emotional, psychological, motivational preachers out there you know, who can easily, you know, sway your heart with eloquence? Some people will not listen to me because I'm not as um, eloquent as many preachers. I'm not saying, you know, the Lord is good. And start using some grammars and some words that makes no sense. But that's fine. When they are tired and they want to really hear the word that will liberate them, they come and listen. But if they are still looking for motivational speakers and, um, you know, and the Lord is good and the God is good. Oh, Hallelujah. Uh, they can keep enjoying, but when demon has beaten them very well properly, you know, then they, they, our church door is always open. Amen. We love you guys. Amen. Right. Uh, and the reason why I said that is because I know people. Ah, interesting. I love how the Holy Spirit will remind you of certain things. Right. I know people who always want to be in an environment where. It's about what they can see, you know, the feeling, the move, the power of God in demonstration. 
You know, some powers of God in demonstration, demons also do the same thing. Demonic and you know, herbalist and all kind of, um, even witches, they will do stuff. So if a Christian wants to live their life on signs and wonders, they will get into trouble. And I have examples of people I have met personally who have invited demons into their life because they keep going around looking for where the power of God is. Jesus said in the book of Mark chapter 16, verse 17, he said, these signs will accompany people who believe. Jesus did not ask us to go and look for signs and wonders. Where is miracles? Where is the next place? Where is the next church? What's the in thing? No, Jesus did not ask us to go and look for signs and wonders. He said it will accompany us as we believe, as we preach the gospel. So a believer should not be seeking signs and wonders. You hear things like, the power of God is not in that church. How do you define the power of God? What is the power of God to you? This is one of the reasons why churches like Transformers Church will not be a popular church. Because the, the silly and unintelligent things that people are looking for, I ain't going to give you. And that's why our flyer reads, discover and become who you are in Christ Jesus. I'm not saying come and you'll find husband when you come here. A lady eventually left us at some point because you will not find your husband in this place. But I can teach you the word of God that will quicken your heart to allow yourself to be led to the place where you will be found by a man or you find your husband. But that I should create a special ministry so that people can receive a supernatural provision of husband. I will not do it. Amen. So if people keep going around looking for what's the, where people are many, where people are these, where people are that, they will not be stable in their lives. Hence, people allow demons into their lives. So that's a word of knowledge for someone there. That's God speaking to someone. That's what I mean. So going back to Luke chapter 11. So if a parent in their right mind will not give their child a poison, a snake, a scorpion, so what will make us think that when we receive or when we ask God for the Holy Spirit, for the gift of the Holy Spirit, it will give us an evil spirit. That equation is not balanced. We are not thinking properly. Someone has deceived us. So no Christian should be afraid to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We saw in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 37 to 39, that this is a promise of God to us and even children, our children's children, generations to come after us, as many that will come to believe. You know, religion and the others on one of preacher have, have distorted the perception of God to us. They've given us a wrong impression about who God is. People, I've had people say things like, you, hey, don't, don't mess about with God. He's a consuming fire. God can kill you. Or God can break your leg. If you don't pay your tithe, God will take it out in abuse. In, when your car breaks down, your child is, is in hospital. I'm thinking, are we all right? Are we thinking? So we are saying that God and the devil are friends. Okay, I'm looking for a more descriptive and a more exciting way to describe it. So people are kind of, the way people kind of say it, if they would think about what they say, is this. So God and the devil, they sit on a chess board and they discuss your life. And because God being, um, you know, these guys, these guys, these money guys, these this bad, this bad guys who, you know, they do this money deals, all those um, gamblers, scammers and gamblers and all those, you know, those barons, yeah. So God is like a baron sitting on the chessboard and negotiating with the devil, you know, they're in their casino doing their stuff. And God says things like, Jasmine did not pay tight. 
and sit and say, what do I do? People are not thinking. I think one of the challenges about Christianity is that, and with all due respect, we don't do deep thinking to analyze situations. And it's no insult to us. It's because many of us were raised in religious circles that we are not allowed to do the thinking, to think. And the fathers and the faith, with all due respect, many of them, especially in Africa, you cannot ask questions. It's either what the pastor says or nothing else. So as a result, because of that kind of culture and race and how we are raised, many of us don't ask questions. We don't question things. And that's why I said to that young lady who joined us a few weeks ago that, you know, if there's anything in the Bible that does not make sense to you, feel comfortable to challenge it that it doesn't make sense and bring it and let's talk about it. Let's ask questions. So many people cannot really see how to describe God. Many people don't see God in the right light. Glory be to God. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He said in the book of John chapter 10, verse 30, he said, I and my Father are one. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, I think verse 3 says, the Bible says that Jesus is the exact representation of God. The exact representation of God. Jesus said in the book of John, he said, the miracles, the signs, the things that you see me do are the things I see my Father do. So because generally in the Christian world, people tend to have a picture of Jesus as the, you know, he's a, he's a nice guy, he's a cool guy, but God is a dangerous one. He's a consuming fire. You should not mess with God. Jesus said in the book of John chapter 17, verse 23, he said, as the Father, you know, John chapter, I think 20, he said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Now, what did we see Jesus do? He healed the sick, raised the dead. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says that God anointed Jesus Christ to do good. So the spirit that God gave Jesus was to do good, was to heal the sick, raise the dead. So how people then see God as an evil God can destroy, can consume you? You know, I, I don't understand. I remember a woman who was, she was starting out in ministry and she, was, she gave herself so much to it. And she was kind of literally burning out. And then she started losing her voice. And she said, ha. God, just, God used that one to, to silence me because I was not doing what he asked me to do. I'm like, are you? In my mind, I'm, I'm just like, Lord, help me because this woman is much older than me, so I can't really talk. I was quiet. I was like, hmm, hmm. But it's a lie. You were you exacting yourself. You were doing too much. And I had to put uh, Discover and Become podcast on hold because there's so much we need to do at this current stage in terms of Managing people, building structures, building systems, and all this kind of stuff. So I'm not. I'm trying not to overstretch myself. I still have a, my nine to five job, which is um, quite demanding. You know, I have some political, interesting guys in my workplace. You know, all kind of stuff. So it's just me and my wife at the moment, and we tr- we need to build a team. So we can't. We, we should not overstretch ourselves. Some people will say, oh, you know, okay, if I did or if I do, I'm probably I fall sick. God forbid. They're like, you know what? Uh, maybe some people might tell you that, hmm, are you sure you are called? I think God is telling you, is it, is it, a man of God should not be sick. As you are sick, are you sure God is calling to a pastor? Or they say, do you, do you have a covering over your life? Because you may have a prophet, you may need a prophet. Because somebody asked me a message during the week, somebody, I know, I know that person that I kind of know, I respect. And because they were raised in a kind of religious setting, so they said, they were just thinking about myself and my wife. And they said, um, do we have a pastor mentoring us? Do we have a covering over our life? 
I was like, Lord Jesus, help me to answer this question. Lord, help me, help me. I said, I said, we have a network of pastors that surround us. You know, we go from Rema, you know, where we graduate and Romac ministry and things like that. But I don't have a want, and I have in the works of men of God that I respect, that I follow their works and stuff like that. I have somebody that I meet at least once a year when, they, when, when we have minister's conference. Okay, we meet Andrew once a year when we have a um, minister's conference. That's before COVID. And the pastor doing, we meet him every year when we have um, Andrew Mask, um, Grace and Faith conference, all of that before COVID. So that's kind of how I get to meet the people that I respect and follow. But somebody sitting you down and teaching you the principles of ministry and how to increase numbers of your church and the money part of ministry, I don't have them and I don't want them with all the respect. And can I question that? In the Bible, there's no such thing as a covering. Amen. In the Bible, there's no such thing as a covering. So if people are saying to you that you need a covering, you need a prophet over your life, they are lying to you. Because this mindset of covering is what has introduced control, abuse, manipulation into the church. What are they covering you? So they are now the second in command in the, in, in the kingdom of God who is now covering you. They are nonsense, man. Amen. So the truth is this. God will not give you an evil spirit when you ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Whatever you receive, whatever is coming out of your heart, is pure, is clean, is godly, is holy, and you should enjoy it. Amen. Let's, the next question. So he's speaking in tongues for a selected few. Please pray for me that I don't get too excited and get dramatic in this one. So we have a long read here. Uh, right, let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Amen. 27. So this is a justification for most people when they say this. Now listen to this. I'll read from verse 27 to verse 30, NIV. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 30. It said, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, Third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? Now, okay, I'll stand, I'll, I'll, let me finish this line and so that we have a full stop verse 31 it says now <clears throat> excuse me now eagerly desire the greater gifts uh, hopefully i'll be able to get to that but let me try to address this myth and then we see we have an opportunity to explore that now many people's justification that not everyone should speak in tongues comes from this verse of the bible these verses they are saying that not all should speak in tongues now, let us compare that to what Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4 to 5. Please don't forget that 1 Corinthians was a letter written to a church, to the Corinthians. It was a letter. It was people who broke it down into chapters and verses for easy reference. It's one letter. 
So imagine I write a letter to Jasmine and, um, or I write a letter to, you know, uh, Ibukun, and uh, people re reading letter later on in the future says, you know, what, what Tunde said in uh, verse one, sorry, in the first two paragraphs uh, is correct. And what happened in the next three paragraphs is not correct. But they respect me as an authority and they respect me as, you know, a subject matter expert. So now they are saying to me that what I wrote in my letter, they are telling me that um, I didn't know what I was writing. And what I'm trying to say here is I'm trying to uh, use illustrations to express the confusion of people. So if it sounds like my words are not articulated, it's not that they are not articulated. I'm, try I'm trying to express the fact that people are not really, really thinking. Somebody wrote a letter to you, one piece of letter. You took one part of it, you said this is true. And you did the remaining part, you said, you take one part in the middle, you said, no, that's not correct. And you, don't, you didn't read the rest, or you just pick and choose and make a doctrine out of it. I know I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm not one of the apostles, so that might be, sound a bit trivial, but what I'm trying to say is that 1 Corinthians is one letter that Paul wrote. And if a, if a person wants to uh, if a person wants to have a good understanding of what speaking in tongues is about, they should read the entire letter. You don't get to verse 12, chapter 12, and stop there and jump to chapter, you know, no. you read everything so that you can understand it. Amen. So verse 4 of uh, 1 Corinthians, four, verse 4 and 5 of 1 Corinthians 14, it reads, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies, him, edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you. I repeat, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. I'm going to break it down very shortly. Paul is saying that everyone should speak in tongues. First Corinthians 12, he was saying that do all speak in tongues. But if you look at First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 properly, he started by talking about ministry gifts. Are all apostles? Let's go back there. Now it says, uh, verse 28 now, it said, And God has placed in the church first of all apostles, second prophets, thought teachers, the miracles, gifts of healing, of guidance, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. So in context here, Paul is talking about ministry gifts as opposed to the, the um, I don't want to say personal gift, as opposed to the gift of the Holy Spirit with respect of you define yourself speaking in tongues. Let's go to, back to 1 Corinthians 14. So, uh, verse, let me look at uh, verse, let's look at verse 2. It says, for anyone, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. So, personally, when you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking to God. Further down the verses in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says that you know, when you are speaking in tongues, you are giving thanks and you do give thanks well. Amen. 
Uh, verse 2, let's, carry, let's continue. He said, Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Verse 3, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Now, let's, con- uh, let's contrast the two or compare the two. Verse 2 says that when you speak in tongues, you are speaking to God. You're speaking mysteries. You know, verse uh, 4 says you are edifying yourself. You are building up yourself. You are charging up yourself. And it says that when you prophesy, when you speak the word of God over people's life as you're inspired by the Holy Ghost... In the known language, Paul is saying that what you're doing is you are edif- it's for the benefit of the people. So speaking in tongues is for your own benefit. Prophesying, which is speaking by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, in known language is for the benefit of other people. So Paul is not saying that you should not speak in tongues. And even the last verse of uh, this 1 Corinthians 14, it says that don't, do not forbid speaking in tongues. Verse 39, said, therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. So speaking in tongues is for everybody. But why, did them, why do some people think it's for a selected few? It's because they, do not, they did not interpret the scripture correctly. Verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 tells us, was talking about ministry gift. So there are some people in the church who minister, when they are ministering, when they are ministering to a church, in church meetings, they speak in tongues. And Paul is saying that they must also interpret. Because if you say for instance, I start speaking, I'm inspired by the Holy Ghost, and I start speaking in tongues, right? People who are here will not understand me. And it's not everyone who is given that gift to minister in tongues to the people. Not everyone. So there are two. So there's there's speaking in tongues for personal edification, for prayer, and they're speaking in tongues to minister to people. I'll show you guys very shortly. So there's there's speaking in tongues for what? For personal edification, for prayer, for giving things, and they're speaking in tongues to minister to a congregation. Amen. So what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 12 that not all speak in tongues. And he also said it there. If you look at that verse, uh, chapter 12, he said, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret. So when you are speaking in tongues unto a church, you should interpret because people do not understand. They will not understand you. So the whole context of 1 Corinthians 14 was about conduct in the church. How to manage ourselves effectively, manifesting spiritual gifts in the church. Single boys and ladies, hear me very, very carefully. Hear me, listen carefully because I think I nearly made that mistake too. So growing up, right, we've been charged to go for one spiritual sister, you know. We look for the sister in the church who is very on fire, can speak, speak in tongues, can sing hallelujah, can shake everyone, you know, can shake the earth. And guys, we're always looking for that sister who is a ministry material. It's a big problem, we're always looking for that sister who is, you know, spiritual. Praise God. And the other sisters too, they are looking for this brother, you know, when he, you know, when he's praying in tongues, his tongues can shake the whole church building. You know, when, you know, when, when he speaks, when you have word of knowledge, you know, it's so precise, you know, word of knowledge is, um, is, is, is such that when God, the Holy Spirit gives you um, words 
about a person's life and what they are going through, what's happening in their lives, right? And I do that a lot when I'm teaching, right? And um, so guys do manifest this gift. Paul, you know, we, 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 when I begin to um, address spiritual gifts, I will talk more about that. So the sisters too will be looking for the brothers who have spiritual gifts. But as we're going to go through 1 Corinthians 14 shortly, though the Corinthians church, you know, they had, you know, there was a lot of manifestation of spiritual gifts in them, among them, they were one of the most immature Christian in history of Christianity at that time. They could speak in tongues, they could prophesy, but they were so immature, there was so much strife among them, there was sexual immorality among them, all manner of indiscipline and misconduct was among the Corinthians church. What I'm trying to say is this, if you want to grade a person's spiritual maturity or spirituality on the basis of spiritual gift, you are using the wrong yardstick. Because the spiritual gifts are given to people as a gift of the Holy Ghost for the benefit of the church. So when the Holy Spirit quickened the person to speak, to prophesy, or to speak during, you know, in meetings and things like that, he's doing that not for the benefit of the speaker, for the benefit of the hearer. So Christians also should not think there's something too special about them or something you know, too, yeah, too special about them because they manifest spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts, giftings operating in your life is not a measure of character or maturity in spirituality. I repeat. Manifestation of spiritual gift is not an evidence or a sign of character or maturity in the faith. So single boys and single girls do not be carried away by the manifestation of spiritual giftings. We have many relationships today that are in a very, very deep mess because the lady was going by the fact that the guy can walk in the move of the spirit. Things can happen. But don't forget that these are the workings of the Holy Ghost, not the workings of the man. He has no contribution in it. Amen. So some people, when they hear a pastor committed sexual immorality, they are so devastated and all kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, I said, you know, this thing didn't start one day. He's been suggesting things to you. He's been doing stuff. He's been saying stuff. But you guys are not paying attention to the character in his life. You are paying attention to the signs and wonders happening in the church. Amen. So speaking in tongues as, okay, speaking in tongues for personal Edification, prayer, versus speaking in tongues as a ministry gift. Let's get, in, let's get into it. Let's go to verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, so it's, it reads, So it is with you, since you eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel that, try to excel in those that build up the church. Excuse me. So let me compare this with um, Amplified. I like how the Amplified Bible puts it. So that's in verse 12. Amplified puts it this way. So it is with yourselves, since you are so eager and ambitious to possess spiritual endowment and manifestations of the Holy Spirit, concentrate on striving to excel and to abound in them in ways that build up the church. I'm just building my case. 
So that must mean that the way the Corinthians church were conducting themselves as regards to speaking in tongues was not building up the church, was creating strife, was dividing them. Friends, whatever we do in church must be for the benefit of everyone, not for yourself. This is the reason why some women will not last in, my, in our church. Because after two or three weeks, they, are, they know that uh, Pastor Sunday is not for, it doesn't play, you know, I don't have favorite. And I don't play games. I may call somebody's name more frequently when I'm teaching. doesn't mean they are my favorite. I don't have favorite. I get to me. If I call a person's name more often, we just watch out when they, when they cross the line, the way, I, the way I deal with it. I'm not mean. I'm just trying to say, you know, that I don't, I don't play favorite. Amen. And I'm not going to allow gossip. Uh, we had some funny conversations with some couple yesterday. I mean, they were telling me about, you know, how women in church tend to insult the pastor's wife. Uh, I said, praise the Lord. They have a good pastor to work with. Oh, Lord, because, <clears throat> amen. You know what they call me? Captain Tunde. It gives an insight into a military background. <laughs> I'm very nice. I'm kind. Praise God. But I don't take nonsense. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you see my wife, you see me, right? My wife and I are not separate. Amen. So when a person disrespect the pastor's wife, that's respecting the pastor. And then we will have those nice conversations. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And like I was sharing with people yesterday, I said, at the Transformers Church, we have zero percent tolerance, zero degree and percent tolerance. Huh? Zero tolerance. I used to use zero tolerance, but they said I should use a um, degree and percent. Any which way. No tolerance, absolute no tolerance for strife. I can deal with people's immaturity, but strife I cannot deal with. The Bible tells us that where there's envy and strife, there's confusion and every evil work. Pastors, listen to me. You are better how, we are better off having 40 dedicated members of your, in your church who are not strife-minded than to have 100 or 1,000 whom... About 50% of them have their own hidden agenda. They will ruin that work in your hand. It's just a matter of time. Amen. So someone was saying that, Pastor, it seems like you are mean. I said, no. I said, do you know what it costs me to be able to be in church on Sunday and many things I do behind the scenes for people to grow, for people to be mature? So I would say because I want, you know, I love people, I want to reach a lot of people, I will allow some funny guys to come in and destroy and ruin my work. No. I don't want people calling me at midnight or 1 a.m., you know, complaining something is happening. No, no. I would rather get rid of two or five to keep 40 or 20. And I sure the 20 are healthy. Amen. So I don't know why I went there, but there's a word for people. So let's get into this. So, First Corinthians 14 12, the Bible was telling us that, you know, the way those guys were going about this speaking in tongues was not edifying the church, was not building the church. Rather, it was dividing people. So Paul had to really deal with them. Let's get into it. Let's go to verse 6. Uh, okay, we read 4 and 5, right? So let me take 5 again, then we take it down. So I would like one of uh, verse 5's reads, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will, it, will I be to you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction? 
verse 9. So it is with you, unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, which is your natural language, right? How will anyone know what you are saying? You will just be speaking into the air. Verse 12. So it is with you, since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build the church, which means, build up the church, which means, try to manage, conduct yourself in a way that it profits people. You can't shine in transformers, church. It's not going to happen. They're not here yet, but they will have to play this message before they join. You can't. So, because uh, Jasmine will hear more just later on. Because we've had people join us online, and you can tell that they wanted to come and build their own ministry. They wanted to come and build their own mission. You know, when there was a lady who left us at some point, from the moment she joined us, she said, I have my own ministry. You know, you know Pastor, you know, I'm just looking for company. I, you know, I don't need anything. It's just, you know, because I've been ministering for... I'm like, you've not even met me. We've not even talked to you. You're talking about your ministry. And this person has a lot of issues in their lives. But because they want to have a face, they want to have... And I don't blame them. It's where I was raised to. We're raised to have ministries and do ministries. We don't even know what we are called to do. Many of us have not even been serious with our life. Our Bible reading is not even in a good place. We don't even know what salvation is. We don't even know what the gospel is. I'm a minister of the gospel. You know when I hear things like, you know, this, I mean, I was, I was, we were speaking to someone yesterday, and in their church, they call people minister this, minister that. So when I hear that word minister this, it, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Minister, call them by their first name. Can I repeat it? In Transformers Church, we don't do dicking and dickness. You're a team leader or a team lead. So if somebody is thinking they are coming to TCC, I want it, they'll make me a dicking. Please, just turn back. We are all one team and we function together as a team. And a team leader serves the member of the team. <laughs> Disappointment. Amen. Because you're not going to be the star of the show. You know, I'm a portfolio manager, program manager, project manager, business analyst. When it comes to program management environment, I do a lot of stuff there. There's some, in, in Scrum, we call something called leaning from behind. So the Scrum master allow people to do whatever they want to do, write their codes, do stuff, self-organize. But it kind of just kind of steer them from behind. It gives them the liberty, the freedom to, to do the work, to exercise their creativity. It doesn't tell them what to do, how to do it. That's how I choose to lead in this church. People, will, I'm going to guide people, steer people, train them, but I'm not going to try to be in front of them because I want to. No, no, no. So if you want to be a team lead in the Transformers Church, be ready to what to lead people from behind, to guide people. And nobody with me, even if I mention your name. Disappointment. Amen. I don't know why I'm going there, but something is happening. I'll find out later. So verse 12, we read that one. Verse 13 says, For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. Let's carry on. Now, verse 14, Paul says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So speaking in tongues is your spirit speaking. It's not your mind speaking. Did you get that? Speaking in tongues is your spirit speaking. Do you know the language of the spirit? You don't know. You, you speak in English because you were born into an English-speaking country. You speak in English because you were, you were schooled in English-speaking schools. If you were, if you were raised in, in Nigeria, in some very local village in Nigeria, you will never understand what English is. And when we bring it to the UK, the, other kids will be laughing at you like, what, what's he talking about? Amen. So, the natural language you speak 
our, not, not our mother tongue. The, the language we speak from our mind is because we're taught in it. But when it comes to speaking in tongues, it's your spirit that is praying, that is speaking. Sometimes when I'm dealing with some situation and I, and I can't get my head around it, I'll start speaking in tongues and I'll listen to my spirit to hear the interpretation of what, what, what I'm dealing with. Amen. So it, it's one of the reasons why it's very difficult to deceive me. Because if I should pray in tongues about it, I will hear the source and the root of it. Sometimes I intentionally don't pray about some matters because I know what I may find there may be disappointing. So I tell the person, tell me the truth. It's better you tell me the truth than, I, than for me to pray about it and hear from the Lord, then we'll have a conversation, to, we'll have a conversation afterwards. So when you pray in tongues, it's your spirit praying. So it, when you don't pray in tongues, it means that you are not engaging your spirit in conversations, in prayer, in spiritual things. Because how you get to really engage in spiritual things as a believer is by praying in the spirit. See, no matter how much you try to pray with your mind, you will always run out of ideas and things to pray about. You will always be praying about something that you have information about or what you feel. You will have some exciting times when you begin to pray in tongues. And what will be coming out in your spirit as you're praying in tongues do not even look like at all what you're going through, what's going on around you. And you'll be thinking like, how? Okay. I've seen a lot of things. I've, a lot of things in my life has been exposed. Not, I mean, I'm not saying personally. I mean, the plans and the scheme of the enemy for my life has been exposed to a very much extent when I'm praying in the spirit. Because when you are praying in the spirit, you are spiritually minded. And the Holy Spirit will be giving you utterance, telling you accurately what the situation is, not what you think it is. Many Christians are deceived today because... They go by what they feel, what they see. Many people who don't speak in tongues, go and check it. They make so many mistakes. Because when your mind is overloaded with information and facts, you can't know what's really happening. Friends, shall I tell you something? One of those things the devils and demons are very good at is, is distracting you, you know, taking your eyes away from the root of a problem. Devil will, Satan will never want you to really see the root of a problem so that you don't address it. And spiritually, okay, most of the things we see in the realm of the physical world you know, are just kind of offshoots of things happening spiritually. Right? And I can use an um, everyday phenomenon for that. Right? So, this microphone that I'm using right now as I'm speaking into it, right, um, you guys are hearing the voice, my voice from the speaker, but what what is really happening there? How is it getting there? You can't see it. Tunde speaks, we hear. But how? But what, you, what you are hearing is what you can, okay, what you are going by is what you can hear. How do you know what I'm saying is not what you are you're hearing, <laughs> something different. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is that, but it might not be the perfect example because I'm kind of in a hurry a little bit. Right? Most of the things we see in the physical are offshoot of what's happening in the realm of the spirit. So a person who wants to be steps ahead of demons on clean spirit and all kind of stuff, you want to spend more time praying in the spirit, you will see a lot of stuff. You will see things about things that are yet to come in your spirit as you pray in the spirit. 
Because your spirit will be engaging with the Holy Ghost and you will see much more than your mind can comprehend. Amen. And one of the things, the other benefits of, the, of praying in tongues is the fact that it makes you very, very sensitive spiritually. Very, and the things that you, you pick, you'll be asking, I don't know why I'm thinking this way, but I'm just not I'm so uncomfortable about this. Or maybe I'll get into that next week when I try to pray with people to receive baptism in the Holy Ghost. So uh, we cannot add up time. I have like two minutes to go. Uh, I stopped on verse 14. Verse 15 says, So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, and I will also pray with my understanding. I think I should uh, spend more time this next week uh, when, when I try to, when I close with this. Uh, but I feel like, but let me pick up, give you guys one more thing. Uh, let's look at verse 22. Okay, one second. Let me see what, what I have in my notes. If there's something I need to bring up. Yeah, verse 22. Uh, come on. It said, tongues then are a sign not for believers but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers but for believers. So if the whole church comes together, Okay, so this is the third uh, myth I wanted to kind of bust. So because some people believe that you are not supposed to speak in tongues in the church service. But I'm saying that there are different things. There's a point, there's a difference between you're speaking in tongues on your own seat, edifying yourself, speaking to God, giving thanks, and, there's a diff- and that is different from speaking in tongues to want to address the church. So verse 22 says, here says, Tongues then are assigned for believers, but for uh, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. So, if the whole church listen to that, if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues, and and an inquirer or, or unbeliever comes in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? Now, look at this. This is not talking about praying. They're talking about so when you are speaking to each other in tongues, they can't understand it. So imagine we're having service now, and when new guys come in, and all I'm saying, all I'm doing is speaking in tongues. Jolomi is speaking in tongues. They get everyone is speaking in tongues. They're not gonna get it. So let's let's carry on. Verse 24 says, But even unbeliever or an inquirer, so which is somebody is coming here to learn, they have questions in their mind, they want to learn comes in while everyone is prophesying. They are convicted of their obscene and are brought under judgment by all. I'm tempted to go into that, but let me leave that for now. As the secrets of their hearts are laid bare, uh, so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming God is really among you. Amen. So what am I trying to say in essence? Speaking in tongues, in your personal devotion, is different from speaking in tongues to minister unto people. If an inquirer comes in, someone who has a question, who wants to learn, you don't speak in tongues to address them. You speak in a language they understand. You prophesy. You lean on your spirit to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying about them, and you call it out in English language. If you're, <laughs> if you're an English-speaking person. Amen. Uh, verse 16. Otherwise, when you are praising God in the Spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving since they do not know what you are saying? So when you go and when you want to minister to people, 
Right. You don't minister, if you, whether you're praying in tongues, whether you're praising God, you want to testify to the goodness of the Lord. You don't do that speaking in tongues. You do it in a language that people can understand. Amen. Now we're out of time. Got to stop here. Uh, all right, guys. We'll take it up from there next week as I wrap up on this one.